0: Use everything God gave you. You can do it. Bro, let's go. I know you're better than this. Be everything God made you to be. Don't quit. Don't be useless with pussy most of you guys are believers and most of you guys are believers why because you've had a bomb experience with God but sometimes we can fall into a lazy space and I just want to kind of help us kind of get our fire back a little bit let's get our fire back The other thing I'm going to do is answer question. We had a couple of questions come in and there's one in particular that I'm gonna be reading to you guys. And I'm gonna want you to weigh in because we've had people email us back and say, your community responded to my question and it improved my life. It helped me to make the better decision. I know what I need to do. And so because of that, I opened it back up for questions. Not that I closed it, but I reminded you guys, y'all email me your questions. You can email me at hello at itspriscillabee.com. And I love to bring those questions to the community. And if I feel like we didn't support the answer well enough, I'll respond myself. But I'll just give you, you know, specifically my thoughts on the matter and hoping to improve whatever's going on with you. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, the Don't Be Useless Podcast is here to help you build your confidence, deliver on your gifts, and encourage you to use your um to deliver on your vision and encourage you to use your God-given gifts. All right. Couple of updates. The biggest update, guys, is my birthday is in seven days. So I am still gonna do my podcast live on my birthday which is September 28th. So I'm going to be here with you. Now, if things change by chance, then I may, I may pre-record the episode and just premiere it at this time. But I am, as of right now, planning to shoot this episode live on my birthday next Monday at one o'clock central. Hey, Shamika. Welcome, everybody. Hey, Nieves. Okay, Um, things happening in the world. Y'all, I told y'all last week, I've been a little bit checked out. I'm in the middle of this fast, y'all. I got seven more days left before I can eat me some candy corn. Don't be judging my candy corn. Some of y'all out there be trying to tell me my candy corn is whack. I don't care. Me and the candy corn are friends. And candy corn with popcorn is next level. If you don't know, now you know. Now, I, um know that there's a lot of conversation, a lot of conversation around voting. I see that everywhere. Literally, my husband asked me the other day, he was like, are we registered to vote? They got us thinking we're not registered no more because they, I mean, I'm getting text messages. I'm like, how do these politicians get my number? I'm getting notifications in my Instagram. I'm like, how, who are you? How do you know what, where is my information who sold it to you? What is happening Y'all, so much is happening out there in the voting street. So if you're not registered to vote, this is my civil duty in this moment. Please make sure you're registered to vote if you're 18 or older. It's so important. Um, And definitely if you are of African-American descent, there are just too many people's lives who were lost for you to be able to vote. So please make sure that you are doing that. That is something that is just really, really important. Now, happening in the world... What has been happening out there in your world? What are you seeing in social media space or in society? What is happening out there that you are like, hey, you may have missed this story or you may have missed that. What is going on? The Emmys came on last night and I didn't, y'all, I I watched the Emmys for the dresses. Call me superficial. I don't know y'all. I love a good red carpet. I love seeing the fashion and what last night did not have unless I missed it was the fashion. Okay. I follow a couple people who went to the Emmys, which was Yvonne Orgy and she loves Jesus too. love her so much. Um, And so she had a beautiful gown on. I love how she has her hair like shaved down to a fro and she did not add hair. For the award show, she just rocked what she had. It was gorgeous. So those were some beautiful things that I I heard about the Emmys being on. Our conversation today, it is time to jump in it. I'm a little bit nervous to talk about this. Why? Because some of y'all might get mad at me. Okay. I do have a community question that we're going to be answering. But before I do that, we're going to talk about this lazy Christian thing. Let me tell you where I was inspired to talk about this. I like to go into spaces that traditionally Christians, like but heavy Bible believing Christians, are not. I believe that it is really, really important to understand what is happening in the world. It helps me to be able to know what to kind of pray about, like what could come my way as I grow in on the internet because being out here in these streets people will come for you and all kinds of weirdness and all the stuff right y'all have seen it um and so I was in I was watching an interview with um this Christian and the kind of questions he was getting he handled it so well that I was like, wow, I wish every Christian could show up like he did in that space. Not uncomfortable with them cussing in their questions, not uncomfortable with whatever, right? He was, he was very sure in who he was, very sure in what he believed. And that just got so much respect for me. And it made me think about the fact that a lot of Christians based on research and polls, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but there was a very large percentage who don't read their Bibles at all, which means their confidence in God is super low because they don't know him as well as they could if they were reading their word. So it made me wonder the difference between this guy who was handling his business in y'all. It was was heavy. They were coming for him. He did excellent. Even kept his countenance, y'all. And then the difference between someone like him and then a person who is a little bit detached in their faith and just kind of what those gaps are. So before we get into the meat of this, let's see if you guys can guess what I'm going to say. I want you to throw in chat. What do you think are some indicators of a lazy Christian? You could be talking about you, right? You could be talking about me. We all have seasons, y'all. We have seasons where we're not at the top of our game. That's different than a lifestyle. I'm going to say that again. It is very different to have a lifestyle completely disconnected from God constantly. It is another whole thing whenever you have just kind of fallen off your game. And man, let me get back to handling my business. What would you say? Yep, and I see these comments starting to come in. What would you say are some indicators of a lazy Christian? And I'm not, this is not about condemnation. Not about condemnation at all. This is specifically about us growing as a community together. <laughs> these comments are getting to me. What do you think? Throw something out there. And then I'm gonna share with you guys what I have written. Um, for our conversation today, and I'm kind of going to, going to go to a 2.0 place on us today with this topic. All right. So one of the things that are responded, uh, that are listed here is the universe. People who throw around the universe, they may say that they're a Christian, but they give the universe credit. The universe gets credit, right? I'm just going to speak things, these things out and the universe will bring one, two, five, eight, and 10. I completely agree with that. Completely agree. The universe don't get no credit from me because somebody put that universe into motion. And therefore, I will not subscribe to the whole universe spiel. And there you have it. Another comment here says um, on YouTube, it says they go to church only on Easter, Christmas and the beginning of the New Year's Eve service. I'm about to pass out. Not just the beginning. The beginning of New Year's Eve service. So that is what uh, this person is saying. That to me is a lazy Christian. They pop in three times a year. Hey, hey, and hey. Okay, another comment is my grandma went to church. So I go to church. Or my grandma went and that was enough credit for me. Let me know if I did not um, fill in the blanks on that one well. But I have heard that my grandma Y'all, we be holding on to stuff grandma did. Grandma ain't us. God is not, when you get to heaven, you're not gonna show up and he gonna be like, tell me, what did your grandma do for you? My grandma prayed me through. Now let me in, Lord. Look, it is completely up to you. It is completely your decision and you have to answer for your own own stuff. All right, so comments here. Additional comment says, not praying. Totally. <laughs> Somebody says denied at the gates. Look, that grandma stuff ain't going to work. Not praying absolutely is an indication of a lazy Christian. You want to know why? Because when Jesus died and gave us the, the right to go to God ourselves, meaning we can talk to him anywhere, everywhere, in any situation And we simply just don't do it. Some of us don't do it because we don't think about doing it because we're not close to God anymore. So it doesn't even prompt us until something goes wrong, which means you just have to get close enough to where he there's a complete exchange. You give to him. God also gives to you is kind of that type of relationship. But yes, I totally agree. Not praying, not serving at all. So this comment says they don't serve in their church. Wow. She said that's lazy to her. Look, I hear that research shows that only a third of people volunteer in their church while 60 to 70 percent literally sit and only receive. Now, there is a complete grace in that from my perspective and that some are taking care of like elderly parents. Some are doing You know, they travel for work, like they have very inconsistent work schedules or they're nurses or doctors and things like that, where it just makes it hard for them to commit and they don't want to half commit. So sometimes I give you that. Also, mothers with young kids looks for as single parents, for a lot of them, sometimes it's their only break is to sit in that service. So I think there can be some variance in that, but I completely agree. Able bodied people, especially if you're single, why are you not serving in your church? Kaya says, not praying, failing to help when you know someone needs your help. Meh Man. So she's talking about not being generous at all. Y'all, we're building a fat list and I love it. Diane says, not having faith to her. That is a trait of a lazy Christian, not having faith. We're going to get into that. And then she says, (coughs) oh, some people not having anything to wear. You know what? Um, and not being lazy, she's saying some people may not come, I think, because they don't have anything to wear. That is an excuse. Maybe that's what she's speaking to. It's a bit of an excuse. I agree with all of you guys. The not having faith part, I know Diane, and you know, I know you know this. Faith has to be built. But not building your faith is lazy. That I agree with. Now, shout out to anybody who's listening or watching. Who has ever been lazy? Drop an emoji. I don't have emojis on this keyboard, but I'ma drop one. I'ma drop me. I've been lazy before. This girl right here. Oh, 100%. I have so been lazy before. I have been a lazy person. I have been, you know, miss lazy on the scene. What, however you want to say it. I have definitely been a lazy person before literally like, like I'm just collecting a check. Lord, I'm just, I know I got my benefits. I'm just waiting for Sunday. I'm just going to sit up in there and I'm just living my life how I want. I'm just saying everybody has had a lazy season, a season where you could do more, but you chose not to. You chose not to. Yes. All of us, (laughs) these emojis are making me laugh. All of us have had those. Now here's what I made a note of when I thought of, okay, What does laziness actually look like? But more importantly, what does it cost you? So, laziness looks like not reading the Bible, okay? Not reading this book that is thousands of years old. And then also not praying, not talking to God when you can talk to Him anywhere. (laughs) Somebody said we need an altar call. Oh, and then the third thing I have here here is praise. So the first thing that come to mind of laziness for us believers, let's shake ourselves up a little bit, is if we're not reading, praying, or praising, those are basic responses. Basic responses as believers. Reading, praying, and praising. If you ain't got them three, there is something wrong and you can fix it immediately. You can fix it right now while you're listening. You can say something to God right now. God, I know you're here. Thank you for being with me. That is prayer. Yes, no, you didn't ask for something because prayer is not always asking. Sometimes there is intercession, there's supplication, there's all these different types of prayers, but even just in that, start talking to him. So read prayer and praising are the first three things Not all inclusive, but the first few things that come to mind for me where I'm like, man, if you're not hitting these, if they're not a part of your life, I'm not saying yesterday you might not have, so oh, I'm off my game. That would be condemning yourself and that's not what we're here to do, right? We build confidence here. So I'm talking about your lifestyle, right? Because there is grace for you every day. But let's take this to a 2.0 level. 2.0 level to me, beyond reading, praying, and praising Is you can defend your faith. And this is apologetics. Apologetics is where you are able to defend the Christian faith. The Christian faith that you follow, you can defend it. And the defense can go even beyond the Bible. Because some would say, all you're doing is quoting scripture. That's what you'll hear. Uh, You're just quoting scripture. So you, how can you defend your faith with the Bible? What if I threw the whole Bible out? What if the Bible's fake or the Bible's not real? Then what do you have? That brings me to my second point. You have had an encounter with Jesus for yourself. And if you've had an encounter with Jesus for yourself, this means you are able to clearly articulate what it means for you To be a believer and how God has truly shown up for you in your life. I need you to think about your Jesus story. I need you to know your Jesus story. If you're saying I ain't lazy and I know that I have a lifestyle of reading, praying, and praising, that's base level for me. Second, I need you to be able to defend your Christian faith. I also need you to know your Jesus story or one, defend your Christian faith. Second, know your Jesus story. What is it? Earlier, uh, someone mentioned that a trait of a lazy Christian and when you like, you know, my grandmama went to church, so I know I go to church, but you don't, you know, nothing for yourself. There's no relationship with God for yourself. So my push is, what is your Jesus story? If I were to ask you right now, what is your your Jesus story? What could you tell me? Because a lot of people online be like, oh, everybody has a story. Everyone needs to hear everybody's story and the story. (laughs) What's your Jesus story? And for many of us, we have more than one. We have the Jesus story of how he saved us, how we came to like get real about God. A lot of us have the Jesus story of I lost my mind, almost died, you know, like some tragedy. Some of our Jesus stories are simply I stayed sane. I did not lose my mind. This situation did not take me out. There are so many Jesus stories that we have that we should be able to tell someone on command. On command, a is going through something and it may prick something in one of your Jesus stories and you're able to say, you know what? I remember this time I had this. And I made sure in that season I kept going to church because I knew I needed to keep getting God's word pumped into me because it gave me so much strength on the inside. What is that for you? And then third, can you... Minister salvation to somebody else. Ooh, if you were checking the boxes so far, that third one might have tripped you up. Can you minister salvation right now? If somebody knocked on your door and was like, ma'am, sir, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Could you say, I need you to go to Romans. Could you do it? Could you take them to the scripture? Do you have at least the, 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 the main two to three that are used in a salvation prayer? You Google salvation prayer, y'all, it's all right there. You Google salvation scriptures. You can Google this and study them. You don't, I don't know what to read in the Bible. Know how to minister salvation. Do you have it? Can you minister? So to me, that is the 2.0. Now, we didn't get into all deep into the whole generosity and their their heart is this and they are the person who helps the person on the side of the road. Yes, Christians should be kind. We didn't talk about love. Christians should totally be nice to people. If you ain't nice to people, we got a situation, right? Don't mean you don't ever get mad, but it should be, look, love is understood. God is love. But our 2.0 is very clear. You can defend your faith. You know your Jesus story or stories, and you can minister salvation. You can lead someone to Jesus with scripture. You don't know what to study or where to focus right now in your faith. But that is, I just gave you a really solid list. Really solid. And I know you can do it. And I know you got what it takes. Let me jump into some of these comments um, on YouTube. Uh, this comment says, Preston Perry is the best at this. So good, Amber. I'm going Oh, Preston Perry, Jacqueline Hill, pa- Jackie Hill, Perry's husband. Ooh, I'm going to have to check out that video. I did subscribe to their Patreon, even though I'll be watching. I just want to support their family because she was pregnant. I know they're going to be being random, y'all. <laughs> look, Amber um also says, if you go to church, you should be able to repeat the salvation prayer. A hundred percent. If you go to church, look, watch this. If you go to church and stay to the end, I'm going to take a sip of water on that. You stay all the way to the end. Oh, Lord. You there at the end. You're not in your car pulling out because you don't want to deal with people. (laughs) I'm stepping on toes. Y'all. Yes. Okay. Some more comments here says, Woo, child. She hit us with the can you minister salvation? Hey, hey. It is real up in here. Can you do it? And some, for some of us, this may be intimidating to grown ups. you know, like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I could do that. Think about it if it was a child. Could you explain it to a child? Could you help the child understand how they have fallen short of God's standards and they need him in their everyday life? Could you do it? I hope you could. I hope you could. Woo, y'all. Before we go on to answer this community question um, and it's, it's a doozy. My heart goes out um, for the person who sent in this question because um, I want to see change in their life as much as they do. Uh, when I read it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. We want this thing to turn. We want this to turn. So I'm going to open this question up to you and I want you to really think about it. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys to like, hit the like button on YouTube. Um, Hit subscribe if you haven't yet. If you're on Facebook, definitely hit the share button, y'all. Let's get these numbers up. Let's let people know that we are here and they can also benefit from these conversations too. Don't forget to do that. As always, I want you on my email list. I have some big things dropping just for you and I don't want you to miss it. So go to it'spriscillab.com and sign up for that email list. Even when you go to the website now, it's under construction, you're going to see things already starting to move around and change on it. Um, So definitely make sure you are on the email list when everything starts going down. Okay, let me go to this question. Hopefully YouTube doesn't start delaying on me, but I want to make sure um, I read it verbatim so we can go ahead and respond to this person. Guys, it's so cool that people trust us with these type of questions. They trust us with their situations. I mentioned earlier, we've had people that email in and saying, man, that really made an impact in my life. It it meant a lot to me that you would respond to that um, and that your community, you guys are weighing in um, because they come back and watch. They see it, they hear it. So let's talk directly to this person. So this person um, is a woman And she writes in by saying this, how do I keep my motivation and faith to follow God when my spouse or husband is not going down the same road as me? He was going to church when I met him and he continued for several years, but over time and some struggles, he stopped pursuing God. I've always wanted a man who loved God. I feel deceived and discouraged Like I shouldn't have married him a second time. I prayed for him, but have just let it go to God. I'm trying to do my best to grow by myself, but I also feel stumped. When I try to follow God and tell him my plans, he says we can't because we can't afford it. Since I'm the breadwinner, I feel alone in my journey but yet I always have, even before we got married, maybe there's some voids God uh voids only God can feel. What do you think? What do you think? As always, I appreciate you. All right, guys. So we have heard that question. And there was a few questions in there, and as you can see, see this is a layer situation. So in summary, this person has emailed in, which you guys are all invited to email in at hello at Uh Go ahead, start typing in responses as you feel led right now. But email me at itsbrisillabee.com. We would love to um, to anonymously respond to you in this way. So this is a layer situation. Um, she is saying she feels um, a bit betrayed by her husband's lack of pursuit in God. And, um, the lack of pursuit, I, I don't feel like is a casual one, um, I feel like he may aggressively be living completely, you know, in a way that she does not support. So I think it's more than just that he doesn't talk to God anymore. I think it's more aggressive than that. Um, something else that I gathered from this question, as I summarize, just letting you guys respond, if you have anything is when she says she feels stumped, um, That is definitely something that all of us feel from time to time. But then she goes on to say that when I try to follow God and tell him my plans, he shoots her down. Now, that is the thing that gets me, because when she says that she has plans, that to me speaks to the fact that there is purpose, there is vision in her heart. And she feels like she cannot freely be the woman she's supposed to because her husband is in the way. So I hear a tug of war between do I follow what I feel like God wants me to do at fear of upsetting him? Or do I let him continue to dictate what I do or don't do in this situation? So this is a big one. I'm going to start as your comments come in. I'm going to start here. In responding. I'll start at the top. She says, how do I keep my motivation and faith to follow God when my spouse is going going down the same road as me? When my spouse is not going down the same road as me? So first thing, I definitely would encourage you to consider a sit down conversation. I think baseline of this for any wife, and I'm going to respond to this based on any wife. Any person who's married or you got a boyfriend, a longstanding boyfriend, and when you met them, they were with God. Hopefully you didn't get with them and they were already not because that that's going to be conflict like it's in so many different levels. But when you have two people where one wants to pursue God and the other one doesn't, the conflict that ensues is on a spiritual level. It's way deeper than we both feel differently about this. Like one may feel like dressing up for Halloween is okay. The other one's like, I didn't celebrate it growing up. I don't want to do it. That's a conflict. But on a supernatural level, it's one is like, I'm trying to pursue God. The other person is like, I'm pursuing something totally different. So what happens is in your house, you have such a toxic environment because it is one of constant conflict. It's not an independent issue we need to work out it's a constant conflict because the wife in this example is i need to go this direction the husband is saying i don't want to i want to go this direction now what should she do some people would say well just leave him look (laughs) some people would say drop kick him on up in here but we know as Christians, the Bible does not the Bible does not encourage divorce. Even though there is complete redemption, you know, if you feel like you are divorcing um and they haven't cheated on you. And so you're like, do I have grounds for divorce? Let me tell you something right now. And I'm I'm gonna say this in as gentle of a way as I can, but I'm about to be so straight on this thing. I am so sick. Of lazy Christian men. I am sick and tired. Of Christianity. Being used. To protect. Husbands. Who are not serving God. And women. Feeling as if they must stay. And tolerate. Even disrespect. Because what happens is as a woman continues to pursue God. It brings a conviction to that man. As the Bible says, he can be won without words, but he can also fight you. And you ain't said nothing. You ain't done nothing. You're just living good. You're just living right. And what happens is a lot of times that man will get angry or start taking hits or digs at you, not physical hits. He better not be, but digs at you. And you're like, what is this? Why is he acting? Because you're living, you're trying to live righteous. He'll see you reading your Bible. He's convicted. He projects on you. He sees you getting up to go to church. He feels convicted. He try. He takes it out in some some other way. And I am just so sick of men feeling as if they're protected. They have some right because they are Christian men. Or the Bible has set them as, let me clean it up. The Bible has set them as heads in the home that they abuse their right as leader. And believe that that woman should simply just take it. Do not sit here and tell me that that is supposed to be every Christian woman's story. When she has a man that is refusing God. There is a couple things that I am going to advise in this situation around this matter. The sentence or this situation I just gave to you guys. Number one, every woman every person should absolutely talk to God about their problems. The Bible talks about giving him your worry and giving him your care. I would ask this woman, have you made a concentrated effort? Concentrated. You have a set time even where your only prayer focus is the redemption of your husband that's what I would tell this wife first. Not only things she does, okay? That means when she prays, she has a written out prayer just for that. Or she has the power of a praying wife, which hits on the whole gamut. And no matter how he acts and what he does, she has her bulldog and what horns? (laughs) Her bulldog horns on and she is going for it every day. She's going before God every day. She is interceding for him. Every day, he clowning, he don't want to eat. He got an attitude. He doing whatever. She is it. She is going to commit. I am believing you for a change. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit will begin to prompt and prod him. She, the Holy Spirit will begin to nudge him, right? He still has a choice. Be very clear. That's right. Get tenacious. Get tenacious. He still has a choice of what he's going to do. God himself will not change the will of that man or woman. They have to choose on their own. Okay. The other thing is she needs to have a sit down conversation with him. And let me tell you what that conversation looks like. It looks like one positioned in ownership. The conversation is you make me sick when you, you don't, you never, we know in disagreements one-on-one that you statements spring defensive responses. You're going to be arguing. Nothing's going to get resolved. It's just going to be a bad situation and you don't want that. So when you are having this sit down, which is my second suggestion to your question you wrote in. When you're having this sit down, the conversation is I'm looking for more in this marriage. I would love to see us be in this place. I know that I can pray for you more. I've started to do that. I want to see our child or children be or do blank. I want to see us pray together again. You are in this conversation. You are making it very clear what you want. Because let me tell you something Christian woman, what you want matters. And just because there is a leader in the home does not mean you no longer have a will, a say, or a right. When Jesus walked this earth and interacted with women, it was always with respect. So what makes a leader in our home in the form of a husband What makes us think we should be accepting anything less than what Jesus gave us when the Bible clearly states that that man or husband should be treating us as Christ treats the church? No, I am not going to ask you to stay in an abuse, a verbally abusive or constant disrespectful uh, relationship just because you are a Christian woman. And you, I'm telling you, scripturally, this whole thing, the man is the head. If that's all he got to say, keep reading that chapter. Keep reading that section. It says he's supposed to lead his li- his wife tenderhearted, lovingly, caringly. He's supposed to lead as Christ led the church, which was empathetic. He healed her. He delivered her. He saved her. So if you are in a space or in a marriage where you are tolerating less than that, Something is broken and you have an obligation to defend what Jesus died to give you. Am I saying walk out? No, I've given you the first two things I would do. Concentrated prayer. You are a bulldog on that thing. Maybe you only got enough in you to give it seven days. Hopefully you can give it a couple of months. Hopefully you can give it time. Let God really work. Okay. And when you're doing the praying, it's not in front of him. He don't even need to know. That's first. Second, you are having a real sit down. This is what I want. This is what I need in this relationship. This is what I want to see. And I'm willing to do my part. Remember, the conversation isn't what they're not. It's what you want and what you're going to do about it. And then you're giving them room to be able to say, yes, wife, I will think about it. And maybe that's all how you end it. I just want you to think about this. I want you to, it's not pressure. Okay. I done said all these things. Now what you got to say back now that I done told you what I need now that I done told you what I want in this marriage, especially if you know, he's a processor. He can't respond right then you leave it. I just want you to think about those things. I just want you third. If you continue to see in a relationship where based on this question that was emailed in, where he is not living, like he is, it's disrespectful, it's, you're disregarded, you are constantly hurt, you're blown over, all of these things, which we know is not how a, a man should be treating his wife in a marriage, and neither should she be treating him, we have obligations too. but to this question, he should not be treating you that way. Third, you wanna get a professional counseling, because there may be traumas and things that have, happened to you guys individually that you guys are triggering in each other and you don't know it but if he is the one who is much more emotionally immature he needs to get counseling sometimes y'all it ain't about you being in a marriage getting counseling you need individual work individual work the last thing I would say is at some point wife you must take a stance at some point, it needs to be. Look, I think we need to take some distance. Can you go live with your mother for a while while I sort through this in my spirit? Can you go live with your brother? Just give me 30 days. And she said in her email, she's the breadwinner. I'm going to need some distance. Now, this is after you have done the spiritual work, you have had the conversation. You have done the natural work and this happens over time. But I'm telling you, do not just actively let your marriage go down the drain and you ain't doing nothing but adapting to mess. And then your relationship is just full of junk and just full of drama. And it's not fun. It's not happy. You don't feel like God has any room in it. Before you know it, like she said in her email, she finds herself hopeless. I hear hopelessness in her response. Like, I don't know what to do. I feel stuck with him. I feel betrayed because she said he used to pursue God and now he doesn't anymore, which means he knows the way back and he is being lazy. And now he has appetites for things outside of it. And he would have to grow his appetite for God again, which also takes time. The question is, while it's taking time, will you be there to watch it? Or will there need to be space in the meantime? So you're not going to hear me tell you, oh, do nothing. Let that man run all over you. Let that man do whatever he wants. Let him use money inappropriately. Let him show me that in the Bible. Where? It ain't nowhere. (laughs) It ain't nowhere. Something else, and I'm gonna go to your comments in just a minute, but because so, you guys have been commenting up and I can't wait to see it, but something that I will not do is tell any woman to just take it. There's spiritual work, there's conversations, there's natural work to be done. Get on that thing. We're not just waiting for him to turn himself around. We're doing something about it. And we're bringing God into the scene while we do it. I hope y'all hear this loud and clear. It can literally save your relationship. There are countless testimonies or countless times that people have come back and been like, I did the work. My marriage has 360. It has completely turned around because you can do these things that I've said today and see results. I'm not blowing smoke. This is legit. You can pray down a wall in your marriage. I know you can, but you got to be willing to do the work. And I don't want you to wait till it's too bad. I want you to jump in. And if it is, jump in now. It's still not too late. All right, let's go to some of these comments. And then I'm going to go back to the question to make sure I hit everything she asked us because we want her to be able to walk away with some encouragement from us and some wisdom. Diane says, that's a hard one. She might have small kids and can't work. Is he, um, is he not allowing her to work? He said he was the breadwinner. No, actually Diane, um, and you may have caught this later, but she is the breadwinner. She is the person who makes the money. And so when she said in her email is where she's like, I have a dream. I really want to do this. And he says, we don't have enough money because if she stops doing what she's doing, they won't be able to afford to live. So essentially he's shutting down her visions and dreams as well. Um, and I'll go to that in a minute. I'll go to that in a minute. Okay. Yes. Be tenacious in prayer. I see that comment. This comment says, this is why it is so good to have a season of preparation prior to marriage, time of prayer and godly counsel. Absolutely. And something that I think is really important before marriage is you want to be really, really clear on, um, what you expect from them. I think a lot of times when you're both Christians, no one says, but I need you to keep this faith. Because you started both as Christians, but then they could get distracted by working a lot, or they get the wrong friends, or whatever, and then before you know it, they're slipping into a whole nother place, or some addiction creeps in, and they've gotten off track, and we haven't clearly been like, you know what, your your faith is one of the reasons I was really attracted to you, and I need that to come back. I, I need I need him, okay? I need him back. A comment, hey, Tina, says that's a great approach. Be clear on what you want. You have to be clear, because let me tell you what a good man will do. Give it up for the good man. Let me tell you what a good man will do. A good man, when you say Baby, I need this. This means a lot to me. I just wanted to let you know, and I want you to think about that. And maybe we can talk about this another time. The second thing that I um suggested here in that conversation a good man rises to the occasion. Now, your man who used to know God and who's gotten all the way off track can still be a good man in terms of, oh, he provides. Let me tell you, that is not everything. And I'm so sick of this. If he provides money, I just need to take it. Where in scripture is that? Y'all, that comes back from slavery. Don't let me break it down. I just need to make sure I got the big piece of chicken ready. It says who? Y'all, let's think about this. Where in the word, if we are truly drawing strength from God's word, that ain't there. It's not there. And it's one of the reasons why so many people will reject the Christian faith because it looks like bondage for women. But the Bible does not support that. Now, culturally, there were times like in the church when they were like, the women can't talk up in here. I remember that in the word, I think it's 1 Corinthians 14, where it mentions that. And then some people, especially male pastors, are taking it to say, well, women can't talk in church at all. That's not true. When Anna and I, look, I'm about to start preaching. (laughs) Y'all, let me stay on track. This is a podcast, okay? Let me stay focused. But women absolutely should have voices. They absolutely should. And that is scripturally supported as well. Um, Alicia says, I agree with you about the sit down with him, the husband. I want to add to that. Come to the meeting with notes and an agenda. I completely agree. Come to the meeting with notes. You have written down what you want. Better yet, you're able to hand it to him. This is what I want, right? And it's not a list of, hey, here's everything you need to change about yourself. This is where I see our marriage, right? She goes on to say, Alicia goes on to say, so he doesn't try to distract her with getting defensive. Oh, that is a real thing. Deflection in an argument. When you have things written down, even if he throws you off track, because you know what happens if he feels really guilty about his life and where he is quick, he going to tell you, well, you didn't the other day. You, you ain't, you ain't do this. Y'all know how arguments go, but if you have your list and you are coming with your ownership, you are already clear. I know I have not I agree. I have not I want this for us. I'm willing to do the work, right? That's why these statements are so important, but you have your questions. You have your stuff listed. Yeah, I see that comment that this is so good. Y'all, this is such a needed conversation. And when I do my launch and stuff, I've been telling y'all about, this is going to be one of the pillars is about defending your power. You need to know who you are in God. And that is not minimized because you are a female. And I'm not talking about just feminism. I'm talking about in Christ. All right, I'm getting it. I am so worked up, but y'all know me. This is how it goes sometimes. Tina says, amen, what you want matters. Yes, what you want matters. It 100% matters. It matters to God. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just for men. Who did the angels tell first when Jesus rose from the dead? When Paul was about to make a bad decision, who had the dream? Who did God give a dream to? In order to impact that decision he made. His wife. When Mary was to be pregnant. With baby Jesus. The angel did not go to her betrothed husband. Joseph. The angel came to Mary. Because the mission was on her. I'm about to fling something up. I'm about to throw something in the name. Up in here. Do you hear me woman? You have power. You have a voice. And just because you are a married woman does not mean your voice should die. Being led does not silence you whatsoever. All right. This comment says Christ, um, like leader to his wife, not a tyrant. No, he should not be a tyrant. Your husband. Hello, Shakira, your husband. Ooh, I love your new, um, your new thumbnail, um, of the judge. Um, Judith, I cannot remember her last name. Y'all fill me in. She was such a blessing to our world. But yes, your husband should not be someone that tears you down. That's not why he's there. It is a needed conversation. He's not there for that. And sometimes just like anybody tonight, just like anybody, you can get overwhelmed with power. Like you can start feeling more than or better than because of the power you have. And society doesn't help because it flames their egos and make them feel. So they have to choose to submit themselves to God. And that's where that type of leadership truly, truly comes from. Yeah. Shakira says, sidebar, when a woman or even a man says she will pray for you, it may suggest that he needs prayer to cure the things she doesn't like. Let me, let me read that one more time. She said, sidebar, when a woman or even a man says she will pray for you, it may suggest that he needs prayer to cure the things she doesn't like. Absolutely, it could, it could be implied that way. And low-key, she probably mean it's Shakira, ain't even gonna front. She probably be like, yeah, let me pray for you. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I agree. The language has to be really careful. And if you're speaking to language in this conversation piece, her saying, I'm praying for you, should come across, and you know how to talk to your man. It will come across... It should come across as I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you because it's not I'm praying for you because you jacked up because she is too. Okay, she's been in this house. Oh, she got residue. She got stuff she needs to heal from. She got stuff she also needs to process and all the things because she's in this in this home or in this toxic space likely to be based on the question we were emailed earlier. And so she has stuff. She got stuff too. She probably cussed him out back from time to time. Look, there's healing that has to happen. So if she can definitely ground herself, yeah, our um um RBG is the judge. But if she can she can definitely ground herself. Um before entering that conversation, that's why prayer was my first suggestion, that concentrated time and you grow in that time so you can handle this conversation. Yeah, um, this comment goes on to say, I would be careful not to weaponize prayer in a way that suggests you're asking God to fix him. I'm not married and that's OK. I think single people can comment on married stuff. I don't like all these lines. Y'all Y'all know I don't like this. Everybody welcome everywhere. Um, I'm not married, she says. But this is a good rule across the board. Hence your call for the need for individual work. 100% agree uh, the work and prayers need to be for all parties. Yes, of course, do not weaponize prayer. Like y'all, y'all got that. You heard a comment. It was very well said. I love it. It was so great. Do not weaponize it. Be careful with your words. That is not, that is what the individual work is for. All right. Again, I'm not married. So stop it. You don't got to be married to say, okay. Another comment says, I'm taking notes from you guys, writing down season of preparation. I agree. A season of preparation. A lot of people like, make sure you can cook. Y'all know how it be. Make sure you can cook, girl. Make sure you know how to, you know, I don't know, fold clothes, get Make sure, y'all, this stuff is so low on the totem pole and real marriage space. Like, I've told you before in past podcast episodes that you need to know your values. And if one of your values is going to church, and when you get married, he knows that. If there ever is a time where he starts going off the rails You can remind him, babe, this is something I told you meant a lot to me in the beginning. Why? Because you are completely clear on what your values are, on who you are. This is a staple in my life, right? Another comment says, "Um, that changes things. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, she caught that under. It absolutely does change things. On YouTube, a comment says, this definitely takes practice to become self-aware of your power. And it definitely does as a woman. As a woman, it takes um it takes some building up to become self-aware of your power. Now, here, let me tell you something about the power shift. Ooh, I'm running short on time, but I'm gonna slip this in. There is um, if you got married and the state of your your marriage in the beginning was one where the woman is a servant in the marriage, okay? If there ever comes a time where a shift Happens because she becomes more aware of her power or she changes. Remember, I told you guys women, we change every it's researched, every seven years. it's like a different evolution of us. We become different. We grow into our grown womanness. There's a whole thing that happens. Whether you got married at 40, 50, 60, there's still more additions of you to be had. And the Bible talks about men dwelling with their wives according to knowledge, which means it's not according to his experience of her when they got married. It's according to the knowledge of who she is right now. who she And him being able to adapt to that now. So as you evolve, as you grow, as you change, he needs to be able to evolve, grow, and change with you. And that impacts how the leadership happens. So her coming into more of her power through Jesus Christ, y'all, through Jesus Christ is really important. And this is something, he also needs to adapt to not you putting your power in your purse because you're married. Now I'm not saying you don't have a submissive or aggressive way of being just like at work. When you have a boss, that boss is a leader, hopefully they're a real leader, but that boss leads that team in the loose sense of the word lead right now, but they lead that team. You know, if whether they're a good boss or a bad boss and you um, are submitted to that authority, right? You're not talking over them. You're not being rude. You're not. Why? Because you're submitted to the authority. That's who's was placed there. That's who's in the room. It don't mean you're not as powerful. You're a boss at your job. You're a boss at handling your business. Same thing in the marriage. Just because they're a leader doesn't mean you don't have any authority. You don't have any power anymore. You absolutely still do. But there's a disposition you take. Why? Because you have a leader there and you want that person to be able to lead unhindered, right? But you also have your voice and you also are able to speak as God has called you to do so. And I've said this before. I may have said it earlier, but I'm going to say it again because I believe it deserves to be said. But every person that Jesus died for, men, women, all, there is freedom, wholeness, healing, health, deliverance, salvation, redemption, all this stuff, amazing things that Jesus died for. Those things should not be sacrificed because you're married. I'm not going to give up my peace of mind, right? There can be a season. Let's say somebody loses a parent. I'm not talking about the practical work of marriage where you have seasons and different things change and ebb and flow. I'm talking about they are off the rails. And for some women, you are in hell as a result of it. That is who I'm talking to today, right? I'm not just talking about the ebbs and flows, But don't forget those three things I said to walk yourself up out of this thing. Okay, before you ever get to let's do divorce, before you ever get to separation, I gave you three stone cold things you absolutely need to do. One was you need that serious, concentrated prayer. You need to handle this thing in the spirit, spiritually first. I always recommend the power of a praying wife because it gives you the words to say. And it educates you, right? And it gives you the words, bomb prayers in there. Second, there absolutely needs to be a conversation. Here is what I want. Here's what I want to see us do. This is where I want to see us go. I'm willing to do the work. This is an I conversation. This isn't an attacking you did this to me conversation. Right? So those are two, two specific things, the conversation, the prayer. And third, you absolutely need to look at sitting down. There needs to be counsel. As I mentioned earlier, there could clearly be trauma that two of you may have experienced even individually that are you're triggering each other or they're being triggered constantly or feel pressure and they need to work through things. Every time you have a marriage problem, it's not always a marriage problem. Sometimes it's an individual problem and sometimes the counsel needs to come through individual work, okay? And then I went on to the other things of considering separate time, literally, You're still married. You're still faithful to each other. But there is time I need to breathe for a second because you've done the work. You've had the talks. You've done the counsel. You've gone through the things. And if they're not willing to get counseling, they're not willing to get help. That says something too. But don't believe that God is asking you to just sit on your butt. Now, if you have a word from him that says, wait on me, then that's what you do. Nothing else. You pray, conversations, all that. But you are waiting. Right. Otherwise, come on, come on up in here. Yes. Residential cleanup. Clean it up. Yes. Guys, I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. This is episode 53. Last week was my one year of podcasting. I could not believe it. It was so intimidating to start all of this. Next week, I'm definitely going to share that journey because I want to really propel you guys into a whole nother space um, in terms of as we head towards the end of the year. I already mentioned I have some new fun things that are coming and I can't wait to share them with you guys. Um, I am in conversation with my lawyer right now. Um, and as soon as stuff is cleared, that is when I'm I'm going to drop everything. I just haven't because I got to be smart, right? Right. Um, and so I just want to make sure everything is set up and everything is in a good place, man, guys. And many of you have been with me since day one, shout out to you. I've even been thinking about when I launched this new thing, how do I appreciate my day one y'all? So it's Priscilla B.com. It's Priscilla B.com. Visit, make sure you're on there so you don't miss out, but that is going to conclude our conversation today. I love you guys.